chego em casa Jogo o sapato pro alto Tô na cama num salto Que bacana so long, even though it's, it's not super, super, super long. Um, that was Suli and Oskantikus with Kubanka. Came out on a single through Phillips in Brazil in 1968. Found that today by accident, actually, when I was trying to find something else. And it was just on my Winamp playlist. That's what I use for this whole thing. And when I'm not doing a radio show, it's good old Winamp. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'll listen to this and just see what it is anyway. And it was actually really good. Um, all that kind of fuzzed out, wacky guitar stuff going on. and Just sort of a kind of, kind of unusual composition. It's one of these things. You listen to it, you don't really know what they're going to do. It, it's pretty good. Uh, it was written by Richard Carasso. There's a, a song on its B-side called Esperanto, also written by Richard Carasso. I'm going to have to see what that's like to see if it stacks up on, uh, in terms of that A-side. All right, so what's next? I got a whole whack of stuff. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what I've managed to find for this week's show. Actually... Did a, a little more digging than usual on Bandcamp this week, just because I had a bit more time than usual to do that, and I found a lot of really good stuff. Um, it's 
more and more difficult these days to find good stuff on Bandcamp. I think that's for two reasons. One is that there just isn't as much coming out because people aren't able to get together and work on music consistently with all this COVID stuff. And then what does come out, a lot of it, not all of it, obviously, but there's a lot of people putting out stuff that, because the COVID pandemic thing is going on, they think, oh, well, you know, I have this live show that was recorded five years ago that we did. Uh, I'll quote-unquote remaster it and, and put it up on Bandcamp. And there's just so much of that kind of stuff that people never would have put out otherwise if they had the ability to collaborate and jam and whatever, record new music. So there's just so much of this fluff that people are putting out. Not because it's good, but I think they just feel like they need to put out something. And that's, it's just kind of junking up the, the old Bandcamp feed. You know, I think a lot of this kind of stuff should just stay unreleased. Anyway, um, I guess if, yeah, you know. I don't have to listen to it either, and uh, hopefully what I... I don't think anything I picked out today falls into that category. Why would I play something I'm not into and just berate it? That doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, one thing that's really good I found on Bandcamp is uh, this band that I'm going to play something by next called Sick. This song is known as My Friends, and that's Sick with an exclamation point for an I. This came out on a tape through... Urtia Caria Records in France. I don't know if these guys are from France or if they're from somewhere else. And that's always kind of interesting, too, when you find this band and you got to kind of try and dig to find out who they are and where they come from, as opposed to the people who post these really long autobiographical paragraphs on their Bandcamp or Facebook pages to the effect of the roots of our band extend into when this other band you've never heard of broke up and then out of the ashes of that band comes this band. It's like, who cares? You know, I don't know why people get into all that crap. Anyway, I'm really uh, slagging a lot of bands that I'll probably never play on this show. So I'll stop doing that for what it's worth and play something I'm really in favor of instead. So this is Sick. The song is My Friends and comes from their Lenative Seizure EP or... I don't know. I'll call it an EP. All right. Here we go.
You'll never win. Then how very uncomfortable for you, old chap. <laughs> Thank you.
Actually, no, that came out this year. Yeah, what am I saying? Uh, through the Dur et Du label. Apparently, they were here, or at least they were scheduled to play here. I think it was some kind of like last-minute show something or other that somebody lined up. Uh, I can only assume that happened. I, I didn't go, and I really wish I was able to. I think I had to work or something. And then it was also last month when COVID here in the Czech Republic, for those of you who don't know, was starting to go through the roof as it uh, is as is currently the case with it they, they had a record number of new cases yesterday so it was like this awkward thing where you know kind of conflicting do I go out and see shows which is one of my most favorite things to do and jeopardize my health or do I stay home and not jeopardize my health but then miss out on a very good show so Circumstances kind of determine that for me, but um, it's still pretty lousy, pretty lousy that you got to make decisions like that, or at least you did. Now there's no more shows to go to. All the shows are canceled. And my band and I were supposed to play in Bratislava tonight, but uh, that was canceled for similar reasons. So, yep, I don't know what's worse, having to make that choice or not being given the option for a choice at all in that way. Anyhow, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm rambling a lot today. Um, what else was there? Uh, we heard Dingus before that pudding tournament, as it's known on this particular version of the release. There's like three or four different versions of this, all with the same music as far as I know, but they gave the songs different titles on each. So there might even be more versions of, of this with that kind of stuff going on. But anyway, yeah, that was the one with the guy kind of grunting and groaning. Um, it's from Seven Inch EP called Tree Bark Spiked with Whiskey, put out in 1999 by Dolaire del Estimago. That's a real weird one. If you like that, the whole Seven Inch is just that kind of stuff going on. It's really nonsensical. Um, then there was the Trade Winds with the Snake from a single put out by. Dan Tone Records in 1963. Um, Before that, Automatic Electrocution demo version, which is actually, you know, to go a little contrary to what I was saying earlier, that's a a good example of somebody digging up some stuff that wasn't previously released so far as I know and putting it out. That was a a really neat uh, demo version of that song. And the... EP it comes from, I guess you call it an EP, it's like five or six songs, I think, uh, is just called Demo, and it was put out by Stone's Throw uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. And then we started, as I mentioned, with Sick, uh, My Friends was the song from Letnative Seizure, and they have a video for that too, you can find it on YouTube. Um, yeah, it was put out this year by Urticaria. So yeah, uh, this is the part of the show I would normally talk about shows coming up, but I guess I won't be doing that for a long time. But 
I think there's still new music to talk about, thankfully. And a good example of that is something I'll play next, uh, the song She by Ufer. Uh, this is a collaboration between Anna from Sprotalippen, who I've played on this show quite a bit, and um, Eric Peters, and then I think they have a couple of guest musicians on things as well. So this is a really wild uh, album, and you can find the whole thing. It, it's just been put up. When did this come out? October 2nd on Latenz, which is the label. And actually, that label is really great, too. Um, they have all kinds of neat stuff from Bremen bass bands, as the label itself is based there. And maybe even some stuff from outside of Bremen. I, I guess I'd have to really dig through all that just to know what I'm talking about completely. Um, but anyhow, I'll post the link to that on my, on the, yeah, aman.net page after all this show business wraps up today. Yep, so here it is, Ufer with She.
I party every night Stay out until daylight I'm really living it up since you left My date book is complete For each night of the week I'm really living, living myself to death I'm really living, living myself to death Myself I'm surely killing, trying to forget about you Yes, it's true I'm really living, living myself to death Old friends I see each day Don't know the facts and say He's really having a ball since she left he sure forgot her quick They think I've got it licked I'm really living Living myself to death I'm really living Living myself to death Myself I'm surely killing Trying to forget about you Yes, it's true I'm really living Living myself to death I can't think Something is wrong with me
Yeah. There's the Jesus Lizard. One evening. That was taken from Head, put out by Touch and Go in 1990. 1990. Then there was Nunavut before the Jesus Lizard. Uh, I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly. Chaz Kumos was the song. It's taken from their new album, Zona Sur, that they self-released. And, um, yeah, you can find it on their Bandcamp page. That I'll have a link to later. That's a real weird one. I, I like the bass work in that. It kind of reminds me of something, multiple things from Cabaret Voltaire's Red Mecca. Um, and, yeah, you know, they have, looking at the credits on their Bandcamp page, they actually have a, a sampler slash effects person. And usually I'd be pretty apprehensive about that in any kind of a band, but it works here. I think it's it's extremely rare when any kind of sampling, especially dialogue samples from movies and stuff, it's pretty rare that actually contributes anything useful to a song. I think the only other band who could consistently do that, even though they didn't always succeed when they had tried to do it, is Skinny Puppy, like some of their sample work that they had in there actually was neat even though a lot of it was gratuitous as is with most people's use of sample and dialogue stuff but anyhow yeah so these guys and none of it do a pretty good job of the sample work um it actually blends into the the songs rather than just sticking out like a sore thumb kind of thing in in the middle of or just filling up space or something. I don't. I don't have no. I have no idea why people do that. I never understood that. Um, what else do we hear? There was Jimmy Walker with "Living Myself to Death" from a single put out in 1965 by Swamper Records. I don't know if that's a real record label or not, um, because the A side of that is called Swamp Country. I'm going to look at this because I got the Discogs page up. Oh, yeah, it's funny. It's all just Jimmy Walker stuff, Um, including a 2005 reissue of of something he did or a a group that he was involved with. Um, Yeah, it's funny. Looking at Discogs here, and they have ads up for the type of fucking frozen vegetables that I eat. It's like, how did they ever know? Well, I know how they knew, you know. <laughs> I won't get into conspiracy theories about that junk, but it's it's a little too specific. And why are they advertising to me about these frozen vegetables? I already eat them. I buy them all every time I go to the grocery store. Oh, boy. Um, let's see. Yeah, so before Jimmy Walker was the Tony Hatch sound with Live for Life. So, yeah, Living Myself to Death by Jimmy Walker was uh, kind of a way to balance this little cheesy number out. I still like it, even though it is kind of cheesy. Uh, That was put out by Pi Records in 1967 and features the girl group who had some good stuff of their own under their own name, The Breakaways, doing the vocal work there. Uh, Then we started, as I mentioned, with Ufer. The song was She, taken from a self-titled release that just came out through La Tens. Um... We're getting to the point in the show pretty soon, after this next set, when Zach would normally pop by, but he's working today. He's, he's a busy man. 
so we're going to talk to him a little bit later on, uh, probably closer to the end of the show. And then we'll do our usual theme uh, set after that, too. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else of any worth to say. If I ever actually do, uh, that's debatable. Um, yeah, I'm going to play something by Suter next. The song is To Water. This just came out. The album is Communion. And from what I can tell, it's a self-release thing. I don't know a lot about them. I was trying to dig around to see if they had a Facebook page or something, but I couldn't find it. I mean, obviously there's a lot more I could try and find out or what I could do to find out about them. But uh, I'll say this this album is really good. And again, is a little mystery that bad of a thing. I'd rather that they didn't say that much about themselves instead of really just hamming it up with silly information that isn't necessary to reveal. You know, it's it's interesting to know where they're from or if they put out a previous record or maybe what label they're on, if they're on a label at all or that kind of thing. But, yeah, I, I don't care about a lot of the junk that people put in band biographies. And it's funny how people do them for... So I guess sometimes if you're trying to get shows and stuff, you got to have that kind of garbage in a press kit. But some people just like to plaster that wherever they can on Facebook pages and Bandcamp and Instagram and... Uh, you know, all that kind of thing, just for any old person to read. Um, you know, think about your favorite band, and do you think that they do that? And the answer is probably they don't. Uh, but I'm just getting off into another tangent here. I don't know why I'm so wound up today. Maybe because I didn't do a show last week. I'm trying to jam in a lot more nonsensical rambling today instead. So yeah, let's move along to Suter Two. What?
It's a sick, sick, sick world, and it's waiting for you.
something else, yeah. Baby, you're something else. Uh, turn down the music too much. There we go. Um, that was Chris Calloway with your something else, as you might expect, and that was taken from a single put out in 1968 by Cub Records. Uh, then there was Ravioli Me, <laughs> Ravioli Me Away with Hot Heavy Horses before that from the album Living as a Myth put out in 2016 by Upset the Rhythm. The drum work on that is pretty neat. And the drums sound really good too, whoever recorded that. Um, the Gun Club before that, Lucky Jim from the album of the same name put out in 1993 through Triple X Records. I remember hearing this bootleg of, I think it was a Jeffrey Lee Pierce solo set, and he did an acoustic rendition of that and said it was about the Vietnam War. And then when you read the lyrics, it's like it all kind of snaps into place. Before that, it was so vague. But, yeah, it's it could be about a lot of things, I guess. Anyhow, uh, the Calico Wall before that, I'm a Living Sickness from their 1967 single through Dove Records. Um, then there was Fnux, I guess they're called, F-N-U-X, with... Yeah, I, I should have brought up the old Google Translate here. And you know something? I don't think it's too late for that. So what do we got, dear Google Translate little buddy? Let's hear it. It's Spanish. Chibuki. Chibuki. And, oh, it doesn't actually have an English translation. Okay. Uh, and then the, the title of the album is... Pregúntale. Which means... Ask her. Yeah. And that was put out fairly recently this year by Disco Soma. When was that put out? Oh, actually, just a couple days ago, October 11th. Um, Disco Soma is from Lima, Peru. I don't know if these guys are as well. I, I should should have dug into that. Anyway, the whole album is really good. I like the vocal approach on that song, and, and the whole album is real over the top. We heard Suter to start to water from Communion, which they put out this year too. And yeah, I think we'll keep things going until Zach pops by, hopefully in, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. I'm going to play a song by Wayne Morse next called Wife's at Home. It's basically about a guy being a big shitbag and going home and his wife still lets him in and doesn't really care that he's just a, a loser drunk, which is pretty obvious when you listen to the, the lyrics. You probably didn't need me to tell you that. Um... Anyway, this was put out in 1969 by Big Howdy on a single. Well, it's morning and I've seen another dawn. Yes, I'll stand me up and then I'll back her home. Knowing when I reach my door, she'll let me in like time before. It's good when you know why I said home. 
didn't last very long Just the pain from the bottom lingers on But no When you know why said
Yes, sir, I like it. Schöne Träume drehen sich um Liebe. Alle meine Träume drehen sich um dich. Alle süßen Küsse küsst man aus Liebe. Und ich glaube, einmal küsst du auch mich. Ich hab noch keinem anderen Boy so tief in die Augen gesehen. Ich hab mir noch bei keinem was gedacht. Doch wenn ich an dich denke, das ist schön und ich kann nicht verstehen, dass mich das immer, immer wieder glücklich macht. Wenn sich meine schönsten Träume erfüllen, ja, dann drehen sich deine Träume um mich. Alle schönen Träume drehen sich um Liebe, alle meine Träume drehen sich um dich.
Yep. Do I have a backing track? Yeah. Okay. Everything's right in the world. So it would seem. So far as the world is my house in this radio show. Okay, we heard... I don't know if you call those guys Strobobian or Strobobian. I'm going to say Strobobian. Strobobian. Uh, the song was Ghost Ghost. Uh, and it's taken from the Walking Alone EP or single. It has two songs. I don't know what you call it. They put that out in 2018. Then there was... Marina, M-U-R-I-N-A, with Wave the Brain from their self-titled EP that they just put out, or how, how recently was that? I think it was this month that came out. Last month. All right, close enough. Within a month. Uh, September 16th, according to Bandcamp. And, yeah, what else do we have? Monica Bush before that with Ala Shonen Trum, put out in 1966 on a single by Decca. Then there was Legs with two S's. Venus is the name of the song from their release, Doom Swears, put out this year. Then Shelly y la nueva generación with Vestido Azul from a 1968 Phillips single put out in Spain and to start Wayne Morse with Life's at Home from a 1969 single through Big Howdy I was hoping Zach could be around now but uh, I guess he must have got tied up with work stuff so I'm just going to keep going and maybe we'll jump into stuff with Zach if He's free uh, in the midst of this next set of songs, which is what I mentioned earlier in the show as the thoroughfare set. So uh, thoroughfares pertaining to roads, streets, highways, etc. Um, so we'll start with the Roadrunners. The song is Roadrunna. That's <laughs> as if with a Boston accent. R-O-A-D-R-U-N-N. A-H from a single put out in 1963 through Felstead Records.
I dreamed of the bright lights and the big city ways back home on the farm long ago. A friend of mine told me I could be a success if I ever decided to go. He talked like the money up there grows on trees and around every corner was a rainbow for me. But the bright lights and the liquor that flowed oh so free took everything that I owned and made a fool out of me. Here I am standing on the street of success. And the lights are as bright as I dreamed. Without a penny in my pocket and no place to rest, I'm a bum on the street of success. I am standing on the street of success, and the lights are as bright as I dream. Without a penny in my pocket and no place to rest, I'm a bum on the street of. Success. Another fool on the street of success. You father. 
To do a story about what? Uh, as you can see, there's construction underway here. Uh, they've dug out a little bit. There's water has accumulated. Traffic's backed up. In a city the size of Houston, there's always traffic. So what's the big fucking deal? What the fuck are we doing out here? I asked you. What and the fuck are we doing here? Hell, I don't know. I recall those arms that held me. Press me close as she whispered low Take your clothes out of your suitcase Please don't go, please don't go There's just something about a highway I'm breathing that newborn air I've got no thoughts of where I'm going like a rolling stone, I have no care. I recall those eyes that trusted me, dark and warm, filled with desire, tempting me to leave my dreams behind, melting me just like a fire. There's just something about a highway. Asking me why must I go It's a question that I can't answer I wish I could but I don't know There's just something about a highway That breathe in that newborn air I've got no thoughts of where I'm going Like a rolling stone I have
course, the Shangri-Las out in the streets from a 1965 Redbird single. All these songs come... Well, no, no, there's one that doesn't come from a single. Uh, Ray Wyman before that. There's something about a highway from a 1969 Raven single. Uh, Beverly Williams' Road to Nowhere. That was never released on a single or anything around the time it was recorded. It was put out on this compilation called Boy Trouble, Garpax Girls, that Ace Records did in 2004 that has uh, a bunch of Gary S. Paxton produced and recorded stuff. There's a lot of good songs on there, actually. Some other things I've played on the show before. Um, so yeah, Beverly Williams, Road to Nowhere, that's on that compilation. Uh, then there was Bobby Sisko's Streets of Success from a 1969 West Coast single. Uh, the B side of that, I, I want to listen to that. I don't think I'll do it right now, but um, it's called Music That Tells It Like It Is. I at least appreciate that sentiment. Um, we'll see if the song's any good. Then to start the thoroughfare set, the Roadrunners with Roadrunner from 1963 through Felstead. And what do you know? Mr. Kuhn said he's available after his uh, busy day of weekend work. Uh, so I'm going to give that man a call right now. I hope I keep my mailman called Mr. Mack away from Zach. Is making up skin and Okay, it just took forever for the phone to ring. Maniac! <laughs> hey, Buster, what's shaking? The hot rod. <laughs> it's. What do you have me. to say for yourself? Uh, not very much. I'll just put more echo on my voice. And that's <laughs> just the way I like it, baby. Yeah, I know you do. Unintelligible. <laughs> There's nothing important coming out of this mouth anyway, so you might as well just make it sound indecipherable. I'll drink to that, my friend. I wish I had one of those in my throat. <laughs> yeah, well, may- maybe that can be arranged. Maybe, uh, maybe there's some procedure in the medical realm that could. Yeah, get like that. a vocoder in my throat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's powered by the movement of, of your vocal cords, so you never need to replace the battery or anything. I've been, yeah, I've, I've been kind of one to become a cyborg. Yeah, that's, I think that's that would be one of the processes, you know. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to be forced to become a cyborg eventually, so I might as well just, I might as well do it of my own volition. That's we, what I've been thinking lately. Yeah, we all will, so. It's just a fact of life. It's part of growing it's up. It's going to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. You know, or at least I hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I would like to be. I would like to be a cyborg and not have to go to the bathroom. What about that? Wouldn't that? I'd like to be a cyborg that could eat but didn't have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> eat and drink but didn't have to go to the bathroom. Well, there's some guy I was reading about it the other day. Well, it was a while ago. I don't know if they debunked this or not. I'm sure there's something to be said for it. But apparently he can survive without taking in any water or food. And he's been known to exist like this for years. And there was some, there was some kind of like way, like apparently somebody documented the whole thing and it seemed legitimate, even though it doesn't sound like it would be. 
and they were going to put them in some sort of observation thing. And it was actually the observation people, I think, that fucked it up. Like, they didn't do something correctly. I don't know, but um, I would like to know more about that. So I guess what I'm getting at is if that guy has to use the toilet or not, is that that's a big question to me. I bet he does, because I, one time I, I fasted for 40 days one time. I mean, I drank water, but I, I fasted. I didn't, uh, I didn't eat anything for 40 days. And I was shitting all, all, all the time. It really messed my, it, it, it messed my stomach up. I think it like, it fixed some things in my stomach, but in other things it made like, it made me not be able to tolerate food for like three weeks after I started eating again. I had to start out with just eating like oranges and, uh, bananas, you know, just fruit essentially Mm -hmm. and cooked vegetables, very, very like steamed vegetables. That's about all I could get in there for about three weeks after. But when I was at, when I was actually fasting, I was shitting all the time. I mean, I had diarrhea all the time. It's like any any little. My stomach got so unaccustomed. But of course, I was drinking. I was still drinking wa- not anything but water. But I was still drinking water. So if he's not drinking water, then you know. That's what he says. That's the part of it I don't understand. I think you can really go a pretty long time. I know. Yeah, I've read about that. It's like, like yogis can do that. Like, you can live off the sun or something like yeah. that. I think it is, or something along those lines. You know, you're getting all your sustenance um, and proper vitamin, vitamins supposedly from the sun. I don't know if that's some just new age bullshit or not. I, I'd say that it's possible, though. It. I just. I did a little Google search on this. I don't want to really read it while <laughs> we're, we're talking here, but the guy is Prala Jani and says here, says that he has lived for more than 70 years by absorbing water through a hole in his palate. Uh, I guess yeah, maybe that kind of, yeah, he's regarded as a holy man by some and a fraud by many. But then there's this ABC News article that says scientists baffled by Prala Jani, man who doesn't eat or drink. So... There's already some conflicting information there. If he's absorbing water through a hole in his palate, and then there's this other article that says he doesn't <laughs> eat or drink. But anyway, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty strange because uh, that's exactly the way that I absorb water <laughs> through a hole in my palate, <laughs> called my throat. <laughs> yeah, my, my bet, is, my bet is he's also absorbing food in that way. <laughs> I think there's a good chance. I think th- I think this guy's really got everyone like. He's he's pulled some kind of trick on them, like do semantics. <laughs> I'm not eating. I'm absorbing. I'm absorbing through, through a hole in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess you're right, holy man. Uh, I didn't think about it that way. You can't question him. You know, uh, I've always been told doing that this just for like, seventy put, years. So. <laughs> I, I've I, the only thing I've done for the last seventy years is put food down my throat and put water down my throat. I haven't been eating or drinking anything. <laughs> I've just been absorbing these through this hole in my mouth that connects to my large and small intestines and then ultimately my stomach. It's a little piece of magic yep. <laughs> I like to call absorbing. Yeah, don't question my dedication. So Show some respect for this, my absorbing technique. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I'm 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 pretty impressed. I'm I'm pretty impressed if if that's the way he uses 
if that's the way he uses language and it works for people, I'm I'm very impressed by that. Yeah, he's doing pretty if it good. Works, uh, you know, I'm. I I admire anyone who can fool other people. <laughs> he's on ABC News as a result, and with the heading "Scientists Baffled by Him," so it's not everybody who gets that kind of a statement attributed to their name. A hole in his palate, so like in his upper palate, or like was like going up through his sinuses or something. Yeah. I don't I don't understand the the hole in the palate thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to read more about this. Maybe we can uh, follow up on this next week <laughs> and see, see what <laughs> the story is here. Yeah, I, I probably I'll I'll take one I'll take one look at it and the first the first image will him be him shoving pizza into his <laughs> into his sinuses. <laughs> yeah. Him snorting pizza or something. <laughs> Trying up pizza and snorting it or something like that. Yeah. Now I'm sure, you know, the human body's I think people are really wrong about the human body, about what, what they what it needs. You know? I mean everybody's convince themselves that they need xyz things you know it's a lot of it is in your head i really do believe that you know because after i so i went 40 days without eating eating after you know the first two weeks i was miserable i mean miserable every single waking second i couldn't hardly sleep at all but every single waking second was just agony uh but then after that two weeks it's like i had this strange this switch just turned off in my brain it was like you're not hungry and you'll never be hungry again. And it started to be like that. I felt like this achy, kind of this achy feeling in my stomach. It wasn't hunger. It was more like, I was probably closer to nausea, actually. And, uh, but I wasn't hungry anymore after, let's say, day 15 or 16. I, I wasn't really hungry. I just, I basically probably just felt my body eating itself. <laughs> yeah, it might be that. I'm not sure exactly what was happening, but it was uh, it was a really wild ride. You know, I, I started go. I can see why somebody would do it. Would would I'd never really. I started out just not feeling good in my stomach, and so I, you know, I thought, well, you know what, I'll just go a few days without eating, and see if that clears this problem up. So I went seven days without eating. I was. I said first that I'll go three days. Then I started looking online about people going longer than that. I said, well, I, I could do that. I've gone three days. So then I go seven days. And then after seven days, you know, I read about people going, you know, lo much longer than that. So I said, well, okay, you know what? I'll go, I'll go two weeks. And then it was usually, it was about the two week mark where I was just not hungry anymore. I couldn't even imagine myself ever eating again at, at that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know what the strange, the strangest thing was is I wasn't I wasn't weak or faint at all. You know, because my body was essentially. I think what happens is your body starts eating its own fat. You know, which is a pretty good energy store. You know, and uh, so I mean, I was still running. I was still running anywhere from three to five miles a day. I was playing basketball at the time. I wasn't having any any trouble doing my day-to-day -day activity to my mind was sharper maybe after the first 10 days my mind was a lot sharper than i think it's ever been because i mean my mind is just constantly thinking my mind is my stomach going come on buddy it's time to eat 
Yeah. And then it just screws with you when so much hear- when it's like, uh, you know, you eat a, a decent-sized meal and you get kind of dopey and stuff after that. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you I think you, you expend a, a tremendous amount of energy, but depending on what you eat, but you, you expend a tremendous amount of energy digesting your food, you know? Yep. When you, you're saving some of your energy doing that, then I think... I honestly don't know what happened, but I, I know I hit this kind of like transcendent mystical state after like two two to three weeks, maybe, I don't know, seven, 16, 17 days. I was just locked down. I was probably in the best mood that I've ever been in my entire life. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, well, don't, don't I like being in a good mood. That, that's the only thing that... Uh, no. <laughs> that's everything else. My, right. edge, my edge is all I've got going for me. Yeah. <laughs> My edge is the only thing I've got left. You know, I don't want to get be too smart either. It's it's good to be it's good to be a little stupid in this world because it the life becomes kind of unbearable if you're if you're if you you know if you remove all the obstacles in your brain that basically help you survive day to day because the world is you know so cruel and unjust and uh, you know when you start when you start taking when you start unnumbing yourself, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty miserable. Yeah. Well, you know I mean, the world is unjust and cruel and violent and petty. There's a lot of beauty too. You know, there's a lot of remarkable beauty and, 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 and love and care and concern in this world. But it's, it's, uh, it's been shaped by a drunken barber. <laughs> well, on that and, note, I, uh, I've been cutting you know, my own hair lately. So, uh, I think I've been doing pretty good with it. Is them. that a fact? Yep. Yeah. I've I've had people say it's I, like a, a job well done at, at, at that. So, how about that? Is it still kind of long and curly the way it the way it's been? It's still. I've been actually I've been cutting it myself for almost a year. The last time I cut or I got a haircut proper was when I lived in Poland, which would have been about this time last year, and then. When the lockdown started, it was, I don't know, here, probably like March. And I was like, well, I was going to go ahead get a haircut around here very soon. But then that happened. So I was just like, fuck it. I'll just cut it myself. So I've cut it several times since then. And I've asked people's opinion. And they've either said it, it ranges from looking fine to looking good. And I don't always lead them on with, I cut this myself. I, I just try and keep it neutral first and reveal that after the fact. So... It's a bit shorter. Wow. Than, <laughs> it's a bit shorter than there's this new Facebook picture of me on there or whatever um, than that. Because that was from about a month ago. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. I, I'm going to keep this going. I, I, it's one more step towards self-sufficiency, which I'm always in favor of. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've never I have never had a, a professional haircut in my li- in, in my adult life. <laughs> Wow, uh, that, that's even more impressive. I, I've never been to a barber. I, you know, I left. I well, I'm bald on top anyway, more or less. And then, uh, I all, you know, and I let my hair grow long uh, for many times in my life. And then when I wanted to go short, there's, I've had like a, a kind of a revolving crew of a few different people cut my hair in my life. So my mom cuts my hair, and usually it's just a matter of just like cutting it you know just making it shorter in the back because i can get the sides it's hard for me to see what i'm doing in the back yeah but so my mom would cut it eve my 
my roommate cuts my hair, and now Tabitha, my girlfriend, has been she's she's given me the last two cuts, and she's very good. Uh, she's good. Eve is also very good. My mom is. I hope she's not listening to this. My mom is isn't <laughs> bad, but uh, isn't yeah. isn't necessarily anything to write home about either. <laughs> you wouldn't write home to your mom she and tell a, her that she's she's good at cutting hair. No, I've told her she's good, but she's not bad. Okay, but uh, even even Tabitha just have a lot more style. My ex wife used to cut my hair. It's just like, yeah, I've always I've always just had. I've never been into a barber shop as an adult. I always hated going to the barber when I was a kid, but I had to, you know. Yeah, yeah. But when I was about fifteen, I started growing my hair long, so I stopped going to a barber. I didn't cut my hair at all from 15 to 18, and then I was an adult. And then I could, you know, I could wear my hair. It's easier, you know, when you're a teen, you, some people at least get more freedom. So, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, as an, as an adult, I just have never, I've never been to a bar where I trim it on the sides myself. And if I think it's getting too long in the back, I just have somebody um, snip it off, you know, and try to make it as even as possible. But Tabitha just gave me a haircut, uh, oh, it would have been about a week ago, and she did something that hasn't been done for years. She shaved my neck. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I haven't had that. I, she actually brought these little, I guess, like some kind of professional clipping tool. And, she, yeah, she actually shaved my neck. So my my my, my neck hair in the back was incredible. <laughs> was very long. She was like showing it to me. It was like these long with I thought it was just my hair getting long in the back. It was actually my neck hair was <laughs> getting getting pretty long. <laughs> and uh yeah, she she actually shaved it around the back, around the sides. It's uh it, I'm 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 looking pretty clean cut. I kind of look like uh I got the I actually look like Socrates. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of got the look. Socrates, you know. Yep. I, yeah, or the Julius Caesar. Yeah, you know, I've got like a little bit of hair in the front, and it's like, you know, combed forward a little bit. But you know, he's he's pretty much a bald man on top. And Socrates was entirely. I, I look more like Socrates because I've got a big beard too. I think somebody needs to Photoshop she, an image of the three of you guys together, and then that needs to be posted online somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> the, the logic, the logical successors. <laughs> yeah. Socrates to Caesar, and then thousands of years later, finally me. Yeah, <laughs> save the best for last. That's yeah. That's that's it. I wonder what did Aristotle's hair look like? I don't have I ever seen a have I ever seen hair Aristotle? I think he had long hair, but he has like thick hair. I think Plato so, had yeah. like a tonsure. I think. Yeah, it's like I just. I mean, I guess he has kind of like. I don't know. Maybe there's pictures of him with it long, but when I think of him, and I just confirm this by like googling Aristotle to see what pictures came up, he kind of had like a big tuft of hair on the top, like fairly thick, but it was short, like it wasn't like long or anything. I am looking at that now. Yes. Yeah. No, I couldn't do that. I don't have any hair on top. I think Plato's looked something like that. I don't know. <laughs> We're getting into the hairstyles of antiquity here. Yeah, it's a good thing to be talking about <laughs> on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it looked like Plato was bald on top, and he had like long, long hair in the back. At least some, at least one point in his life, and he had like a tonsure, like a monk's tonsure, essentially. Okay. At, at one point as well, looks like. Wow, 
That's a good look. I could pull that look off. Well, my I tried friend... to I tried to get all my all all my main looks. I tried to get from <laughs> you know antiquity. Yeah, <laughs> they had it right back then. Since then, it's just been debased. There's not anything good that's came. Uh, yeah. yeah, a pure. I get a. I get pure haircuts. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's here's to being barber free for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Yep. But yeah, I guess uh, maybe we can cap it off here. We're getting close to the old twenty minute mark, and yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think we got a whole whack of nonsense we could we could say for next week by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, I think we should stick along these uh, barber lines here. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying I'm in, I'm in, I'm enjoying barber chat. <laughs> yeah. Even even though some of it's kind of anti barber chat too, so far as the professional barber. Would yeah. Be <laughs> Yeah, I hope there's no barbers listening to this. We're putting you out of business, barbers. Yep. Listen up. Uh, there's there's a couple <laughs> of uh, friends of mine who whose names are Barb and Barbara, so they're, they're okay with we're okay with barbs, just no barbers. That's right. Yeah, B A R B is fine. B A R B A R A. That's that's okay. Yep. B A R B E R out. No. Unless your last name is that, and you don't, <laughs> yeah. and you're, and you're not terrible. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad we settled. Well, that. My friend, it's uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good to clear that up. I mean, we're on, we're we're on, we're on the radio here. Yeah, we're on public record. We got to make our intentions on. clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, yeah, good yakking with you as always, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Yeah. <laughs> You bet, pal. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, I'll be seeing you. All right, be seeing you. Bye. Okay, well, we're at the end of the show here, too. So uh, what will I play? I'll play one more song to end it off. This is by Andarta from Jerusalem. Uh, The song is called Weapon. And it's from their self-titled EP that uh, came out pretty recently through Rash. Rash. Records. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.
look after yourself, as they always say, because no one else will. Let us get the fuck out of here. Be seeing you. And you.